and welcome to BTC Radio. I'm Kevin Mitchell, founder of the Business Travel Coalition and your host. In this episode, we will explore Emirates Airlines' recently inaugurated service from Athens, Greece to the United States. Today, we have a very special guest, Jonathan Gorilla, Executive Vice President of Public Affairs at U.S. Travel Association. Jonathan is one of the most respected travel industry leaders and innovative public affairs executives in Washington. It's a true honor working alongside Jonathan on various issues. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. It's my pleasure, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Great. Let me begin with just a little bit of background for our listeners. In 1992, the Netherlands signed the first Open Skies Agreement with the United States. The agreement gave both countries unrestricted landing rights on each other's soil. Open Skies Agreements enable commercial and cargo carriers to initiate service in unserved or underserved markets, benefiting consumers, communities, and businesses. Normally, landing rights are granted for a fixed number of flights per week to a fixed destination. Today, the United States has signed some 120 of these liberalized open skies agreements. So, Jonathan, as a reminder to our listeners, what is the U.S. government's goal for annual foreign visitors and why is it important? Kevin, um, you're starting in just the right place. 100 million by 2021. Um, So a nice round number. Um, to, uh, to start the next decade. And, uh, and President Obama announced that national goal, uh, which our industry continues to strive toward. And obviously any, any interruption, uh, in travel for, uh, that's created by any sort of factor can, can get in the way of that very important goal. Uh, it, it is, uh, our industry doesn't need very much, doesn't ask for very much, um, uh, but, but does want the, the government rooting for it um, because we do feel we make a essential uh, economic contribution, uh, not to mention diplomatic security and, and some other uh, fronts. So uh, it's our hope, Kevin, that we meet that number, um, but can't take anything for granted. Uh, we we need uh, we need uh, everyone rowing in the same direction, and we're and if we do that, we're we're confident we can get there, uh, despite all the storm clouds that may be out, may may be on the horizon. Um, in in our current society, economy, security, health, economic, political, and so on. Yeah, exactly. Has the Trump administration endorsed that hundred million goal? Not as of yet, Kevin. And it, it's our hope that the uh, the president's hospitality DNA, if you will, his background as a hotelier. Um, he's our first CEO president and happens to have uh obviously pretty strong uh ties to the, the hospitality industry uh it, it obviously has um has strong background in marketing and branding as well uh and uh and real estate development and for all those reasons uh we remain optimistic that his sensibilities his instincts are toward welcoming are toward uh getting folks to come to America and leave their money behind go back home again uh, and despite what's going on with our security situation domestically, uh, we know that, that of course, the president was elected with a security mandate um, that, he's, that he's going to come around to a balanced view on legitimate travel um, because his instincts are, are in that direction, are toward America putting its best foot forward um, and achieving American competitiveness and greatness through improving uh, our trade balance uh, and growing exports uh, and and uh, making good on all of his promises. And, and we believe there's no way to achieve not only American greatness, but America first 
by uh, by fostering um, American travel and tourism. Well, I sure hope the administration endorses the goal because um, it's very important, and we certainly won't reach that goal, I would think, without the uh, contribution of the Gulf carriers and Norwegian and a lot of the other carriers that uh, have introduced service to the United States in recent years. Kevin, every link in the chain seems to matter, right? You, you, uh, there are obviously any number of things, as I mentioned earlier, that could that could stand in the way or could dampen travel, but but everything we could do to encourage it, whether we're marketing ourselves to the rest of the world like Brand USA does, or we're reducing visa wait times, or adding new visa waiver countries, or uh, connecting parts of the world that are underserved um, by uh, air travel improving our customs process, improving airport infrastructure, uh, another big one for us. All of those links in the chain matter, and they could either go way, go a long way toward uh, getting more people to choose America or not. Uh, and uh, if, if I may offer a, a political analogy, um, people have choices they could make near, you know, near election day. They could stay home, uh, and and not and not brave the elements on election day, or they could go to uh, pull the lever for option A, option B, maybe option C. Same thing is true with travel. We can't take our market share for granted, uh, and 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 it's our hope that our administration uh, can be we can be a constructive partner to this new administration in urging as many people as possible, as many legitimate travelers as possible, to pull the lever for America. And not and not um, either stay on their couch or go to other places because uh, we are in a global race. And one thing the, the pre- there are lots of aspects of uh, of America First that give um, some folks in our industry pause, uh, but it doesn't have to be that way. Because the truth of the matter is, if um, what we want is a, a world class airports when we have zero airports in the top 25 in the world. What we want is to win a battle for travel and tourism and, and market share with other countries that have a lot to offer, too. And um, it, is not, uh, it is not the case that just because America is great that, that we're entitled to our market share and then some. We have to compete for it. We have to scratch, scratch and claw for it. And um, there's no uh, better example than the, the cautionary tale from a decade ago, and even less than a decade ago, when we had um, uh, 9-11, and first, uh, in the aftermath of 9-11, people were afraid to come here. They didn't feel safe. And then later on, we uh, tightened things up to protect ourselves, and then people didn't feel welcome. Um, uh, that Rightly or wrongly, our market share suffered, and it took us a long time to recover that market share, and only recently have we gotten back to that point. That's why our industry calls the years after 9-11 the lost decade. Um, so we, we have to do everything we can to give ourselves the best possible chance of competing for market share. And, and there's no better way, Kevin, in, in, in our shared view, um, and we appreciate the, the great work you do on the open skies front, and then in connecting parts of the world that are underserved, especially when others are not willing to serve those same markets. And, and, and if we, if we can plug them into, uh, our country and, 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 and open up 
uh, an artery for travel to to our country, um, then then obviously it it serves them, it serves us, it's a win win. Um, and 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 who who is in for growth? It it seems pretty clear to me that that a pro growth, pro connectivity agenda um, is is the right thing to do for our country. It's certainly something that leaders should should embrace, especially ones who are who are accountable for results. Uh, and uh, you got to ask yourself, who you know, who or why could somebody oppose to a pro growth, pro connectivity agenda? Exactly. And one of the most important things that you alluded to is the the requirement really to almost double, triple down on clear and effective communications in in respect to people are welcome here. I mean, it's so important. It's it's such a complex world that you just yeah. can't assume people understand that the door is open for them. But let's get back to open skies policy for a second. How does this um, goal of 100 million, how does open skies policy and the Gulf carriers play into that goal, including this new Athens service? And I, I was reading yesterday that there hasn't been year-round service between Greece and the United States uh, since 2012. So what are your thoughts on that? Right. This is this is interesting. All at the same time as as um, you know, you see America first, and 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 there are some folks who are trying to uh, force uh, opposition to open skies and opposition to growth, connectivity, and competition into the, into this um, uh, straining to to fit that into into this argument. And and you know, the truth of the matter is, this is not a a question of buy American, because if if America is not offering, uh, if let's say domestic carriers are not offering service to certain markets, then there is no buy American option. Um, really, that that's the sham of of this argument. Um, that that obviously sounded the talking point sounded an awful lot different uh, two years ago and even last year than it does right now. Um, the the um, less than stellar Trump impression that that um, that the legacy carriers are trying to uh, pull off right now um, is really just a, a sad imitation, uh, and 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 it really is not about head-to-head competition. It isn't about choosing America over something else because the truth is, and and you know this, there aren't but for a couple of a couple of flights. Uh, around the world, where the where the domestic carriers are going head to head with the Middle Eastern carriers, so it's a, it's a com- complete crock um, that this is hurting uh, the domestic carriers who are choosing not to serve certain markets. And we even know from domestically, the the legacy carriers are have abandoned many domestic market markets after consolidation, and these are markets that they promised wouldn't hurt a bit um, as a result of consolidation. Then they left them behind. Um, and but unfortunately, there's no recourse for the um, for the or little recourse for domestic markets to recover services they lost as a result of consolidation. Um, as uh, legacy carriers are 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 engaging in this uh, global war on competition uh, that that is frustrating to low cost carriers, um, and uh, and and obviously are doing the same same on the international stage and if and if you view their public policy agenda through the context uh, or through the um filter of of what is um what protects their market share what protects their profits and what what ensures their entrenched incumbency for the, um for the uh, long haul that's that's how you uh come up with their agenda the the um 
the saddest aspect of all of this is rather than trying to make it work, um, perhaps uh, dedicating some of this uh, their their record profits, which we're glad they have, um, toward improving service instead of. Uh, or growing service, heaven forbid, uh, instead of investing money on lobby on a lobbying campaign aimed at um, trying to cajole and and uh, fool members into into signing letters that uh, that uh, roll that freeze service rollback service uh, two years ago uh, and 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 basically stymie competition as they're allowed to do as they want. It would be the the equivalent of of the Red Sox calling on the Yankees to to swear off free agents as they as they uh, were as they were allowed to do whatever they pleased to grow their team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I do want to point out to listeners that there is a a, a real benefit uh, with regard to domestic competition. For example, when Emirates flew into Boston for the first time, I believe it was March of 2014. Their partner, JetBlue. On that very same day, because of the passenger feed from Emirates to JetBlue, they were able to mount uh, a competitive flight uh, to Detroit, uh, and it was a monopoly market at the time, and average fares came down 40%. So these foreign carriers, as they hook up with Alaska and Hawaiian, JetBlue and others, it's very important because, as you pointed out, there are very few ways at this point in time uh, to introduce new domestic competition. But Kevin, that's, there, there, there's so much to say about that. I, I mean, there's there's another political analogy to entrenched incumbency and in, in, and um, redistricting. Right, uh, every decade after the census, uh, congressional leaders redraw lines uh, or state legislatures draw lines um, that uh, that um, set the boundaries for congressional districts federally. And and what ends up happening is that these unholy alliances between Entrenched incumbents of both parties uh, take place once a decade. It's a, it's like a, you know, Haley's comet. They, they, they get together um, uh, once a decade and protect e- and scratch each other's backs and protect each other's lines and and draw draw the lines of districts to keep out insurgents, to keep out um, upstarts, and to protect their own hides. And th- and that's really what what seems to be going on here is is rather than um, the business model being simply about growth and connectivity. Which uh, would see, which would be the um, the most wholesome and and positive things we could do for our country and economy. Instead, it's a matter of you take that airport, I take if this airport, and never shall the two meet. Uh, and and that's obviously not a great great recipe for growth. So uh, it's our hope, Kevin, that that um, leaders' eyes uh, continue to open on on what this agenda is all about. Uh, and and that they um, that, that they don't sign on to something that they, that um, is just simply viewed as a you know an attaboy for the home team uh, because the home team isn't really isn't rooting for uh, isn't rooting for the most amount of growth and connectivity and jobs domestically. Um, they're they want uh, their end game is controlling the game, controlling the rules of engagement, controlling airports and elbowing out the competition. And let me just let me just finish by saying this. How much better uh, you're you're in DC a lot. How much better are the cabs in DC since Uber was allowed in? How much how much more responsive is your cable company um after uh Netflix and uh, and Apple TV and uh Hulu uh came around? Competition a rising tide lifts all boats. Uh and and 
entrenched incumbents can, in this day and age, uh, can try to um, suffocate competition uh, early on and stamp it out wherever they can, but only for so long until people people now demand more, they expect more, they, consumers feel empowered, they're not going to be denied more options. And it's our hope um, that uh, that growth carries the day. That's our mission here at U.S. Travel, is to grow travel into and within the United States. It's not our wish to be the legacy carriers, you know, anti-legacy carriers super PAC. Um, our, our, our goal is to grow. So and and to reduce barriers to travel, it's about time they get with a pro growth, pro connectivity agenda. Instead of just saying we connect the world or whatever the slogan is, it's really time to to support a policy agenda that involves more flights and more people moving around, more commerce rather than less. And and time to drop this allergy to competition. On that note, let's return to this Athens service. It's based on a so-called fifth freedom right. Um, that has it's embedded within the Open Skies Agreements, and it's drawn the ire of Delta, American, and United and their unions. They say, and I quote, Emirates is flagrantly violating its Open Skies Agreement with the United States. First of all, Jonathan, what exactly is a fifth freedom right? And then if you could quickly follow up from there on, is Emirates violating the Open Skies Agreement or not? Absolutely not. Um, and and that's that's one of the many um, uh, jokes of all this to people who actually know better is um, they they have recourse to complain about what they say this is all about um, and but instead are um, are going for the jugular um, and so rather than uh, taking issue with uh, subsidies or alleged subsidies and um, and of course uh, you know this is a a pot kettle situation too, um, where rightly or wrongly the domestic carriers enjoy government benefits in all in all different shapes and forms, and always have, including antitrust immunity. But uh, to answer your question, Kevin, fifth freedom flights entail flying from the originating country to another point, and, and then uh, coming to uh, a final destination in a third place. So, um, so of course, uh, there there is no violation in this instance. This is this is simply about uh, about trying to um, essentially hoodwink uh, political leaders into into freezing and rolling back the opposition, and they've had their only success and their best success with undereducated or under uneducated um, congressional offices. Meaning that uh, if they, the less information that members of Congress have about the situation, the more likely they are to sign a letter. But once members um, hear both sides of the story and hear that FedEx and U.S. Travel and JetBlue and and so many others um, mm. are a counterweight uh, and, and the Business Travel Coalition are, are all on this other side, they realize this isn't a matter of the home team, the you know the three domestic carriers versus those those evil domestic character carriers from another part of the world. It's 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 um it's not a professional wrestling match where you know where you root for you know uh you root for um, the guy from from your homeland as opposed to somebody else. It's 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 really about um who's for growth and who's not for growth. Uh, and and of course of course this is not about uh not about anything other than 
preserving market share, stamping out competition wherever it might crop up, uh, and, 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 and controlling the game for as long as humanly possible, which is an absolute shame. Again, uh, drop, drop your, your multi-million dollar campaign, uh, to attack open skies and put that toward superior customer service. Do what the ME3 are doing and offer a better product. Let me ask you this, Jonathan. Emirates starts in the Middle East. They stop in Athens, they pick up passengers, and they continue on to the United States. There are other carriers in the world that exercise fifth freedom rights as part of their bilateral air transport agreements as well. Indeed, Delta has a major operation out of Japan. In, in 2015, Delta says 64% of all Delta passengers landing at Narita connected onto Delta fifth freedom flights to six other Asian countries. So I, I find that to be a bit of a hypocritical argument for Delta and the others to be making here when what Emirates is doing is right smack in the middle of the agreement that we have with those countries. Now, the outrage that's coming from these big three, you had mentioned that they have a, a legal process. They've chosen to politicize this yeah. as opposed to following a fact-based uh, legal avenue. Can you comment just briefly on that before we wrap it up? Can I? Of course. Uh, this this really isn't about a coherent, consistent position on open skies. And of course, they'll bristle at the contention that, that they are frenemies with open skies or situational fans of open skies. They're for open skies when it works for them, and they're against open skies when it doesn't, uh, which is not how open skies work. This is this is not um, a pick-and-choose buffet situation. We we could either abrogate open skies, or and we could pull it the thread of open skies uh, and dare it to unravel, or we could honor it. Um, it has done a lot of good for the airline industry, and we hope it will continue to do it a lot of good. There is quite a bit of, of feeder traffic from the Middle Eastern carriers to the domestic carriers. Um, we're not saying that they're miscalculating their, their self-interest as much as they're being very selective about what they are complaining about. Jonathan, you've been great. Thank you for your many insights today. I hope to, to have you back on a show later on. It's an honor to, to, to work with you, Kevin. Let me just say that you're, you're, you're a straight shooter, really smart guy, and, and we're, we're excited to, to continue the battle, though we wish we didn't have to. I would, you know, I wish we were growing service all these years, but for the, for the last couple of years that we've been, we've been, uh, protecting, uh, what we have, um, it's, it's been fun. It's been a great learning experience. I appreciate your leadership. Well, that's it for this edition. For the entire team here at BTC Radio, thank you for tuning in. 